listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. On The Road is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to preventing rail bridge collisions by encouraging drivers to know the height of their vehicle and load and to plan their journey ahead. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au and NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day and welcome back to episode 86 of On The Road. This week, Mike digs in deep with Queensland Rail Senior Engineer Janita Taylor on the major issue of railway bridge strikes and the impact, no pun intended, that they have on the railway and road systems and in the flow-on that reaches right across the community. We have a great chat with the golden-voiced Aussie singer-songwriter Cass Hopeton and we'll defy you not to have your toes tapping along to this great song. Mike looks at new offerings from Kenworth in Something to Talk About later on there's the latest from the On The Road newsroom, and the legend Lee Kernigan takes us out with his trucking anthem, The Trucks Came Through. It's trucking great entertainment at its best right here on the road, so... Let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Truckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. As you're all aware, we've been doing this safety promotion with Queensland Rail. Andy and I have been talking about level crossing incidents. I've been inundated with requests about rail bridge strikes. By inundated, I mean half a dozen requests, all right? So let's get that straight. Queensland Rail have been sponsoring our show, and they have thoughtfully lined up Janita Taylor, a Queensland Rail Senior Standards Engineer, to spend half an hour with me on a cold, rainy Saturday morning to explain what she does and the costs around the whole thing to the community. Janita, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm absolutely wonderful. I'm sitting here in my warm little studio at the moment. My dog's looking up at me lovingly. <laughs> and I believe you're hiding in a car. Yes, I am. To escape my family <laughs> while I have a chat with you. Awesome. I love it when I can get someone to go and hide away in private to have a chat with me. It's all so sneaky and <laughs> or very secret agent. It sometimes feels like that. It does, doesn't it? So... Some introductory questions, I suppose. Let's find out a little bit about you. Yep. What's your story, mate? How the hell do you end up a standards engineer at Queensland Rail? It wasn't what you wanted to do as a child, surely? No, it's not one of those roles that you go to university and study engineering and go, I'm going to go and write standards and enforce standards and implement new standards. It's not glamorous, that's for sure. Hmm. But it's come after 10 years' experience in the railways with Queensland Rail. And a good few years in design and as a maintenance engineer. 
So it's given me the skills I need to help make our network safer and empower our maintenance engineers and track workers and bridge workers to keep our network up to scratch. Okay. So you have a period where you design train lines and layout and all that sort of thing? I'm not a track engineer. I'm a civil engineer, so I do all the civil and structural work that supports the railway network. Right. Little things mostly, some of the structures you might see line side when you go on the train, repairs for bridges and that sort of thing. All right. So when we look at all those supporting structures, you're involved in the design and the location of that stuff. Is that a fair assessment of what you do? Yeah, as a design engineer, yeah. I wasn't aware there were so many different sorts of engineers. I mean, you know, everyone's an engineer, and electrical engineers and train engineers. and I think it's the same with most professions. I'm sure it's the same for truck drivers. Yeah. There's the ones who do the long haul that are calling the B-doubles, and then there's the local runarounds. And in a way, you've got to have your own set of knowledge that comes with that sort of role. And if you cross over to pulling something else, then you've got to learn a whole different set of things. So the same with engineering. That's exactly right. And it's a good analogy. You know, I drive tankers and there are guys that do general freight, taut liners, bridge vans and taut liners, the ones you generally see jammed up under rail bridges. Mm. But they're not always big trucks, are they? Seems to me from the pictures and the video I've seen, there's a lot of small trucks, caravans, odd-sized things people with furniture stacked up on their trailer that didn't realise how tall it was. They're the ones that seem to get caught out more often than the big trucks, aren't they? Or is that just my bias? Yeah, we call them Pentex. Get a lot of those smashed to pieces if they go fast or wedged under. Flat trucks that might carry random things on them, people with high abs on their truck that might not be lowered properly, that's very, very common. Yep. We've had a container come off the back of a truck. We've had skips and all sorts of things. I think that nobody's safe if they're the wrong height. <laughs> right. So if we just look at the Bridge Strike campaigns, Janita, the Size Matters campaign launched in August of 2020. Queensland launched that Size Matters campaign aimed at preventing future rail bridge collisions and encouraging drivers around the southeast of Queensland to know the height of their vehicle and their load. The thing I found interesting about that Size Matters campaign was that your CCTV released as part of the campaign showed drivers routinely ignoring safety signs and attempting to take shortcuts in overheight vehicles. Is that something that you see common? Like you've got CCTV on pretty much all the bridges and obviously the sensor systems that tell you about the strikes. Do you see much of that sort of behaviour? Absolutely. I'll see vehicles that know they're overheight and slow down and try and sneak through all the time when I get the emails in through showing us that CCTV footage. Right. So obviously if the driver's hanging out the door looking back to see if his van's going to go under, he's not hitting the bridge very hard though, is he? No, he's not. But there's still potential for damage to the bridge and also to your vehicle. Like, why would you want to risk that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? No. All our bridges have their heights on them and we have a particular process that we go through as part of our standards about how that's measured. Mm. And we even consider the slope of the road on approach and on departure. So we really put some thought into that height to consider the length of the truck and the alignment of the road. So when you see that height and you know your height, you should feel confident going through it. Yeah. That's one of those things that always sort of worries me. You come up and you'll be having a look at a rail bridge and if it's got a bit of a dip in it, even in the tanker sometimes if you're towing one of the longer trailers, you worry about getting pinned in the middle, like getting hit halfway down the back of the trailer or something like that on the top. Yeah, 
we're very careful about where we measure from. And yeah, there's Oxley Road that has some pretty interesting approach to it. Mm. And we thought about that when we do the road alignment mm. and we work with Brisbane City Council to make sure we get that right so that truck drivers can be confident going through. The obvious question, a lot of my colleagues will be sitting here thinking, well, why don't they just make all the damn rail bridges 4.6 and be done with it? <laughs> I wish we could. <laughs> it would be incredibly costly. So we have a network that's 150 years old. Yep. And a lot of the bridges in SEQ, probably over 100 years old. And we're sort of tied into the height of the railway line hmm. and would have to raise it. And then, of course, we're tied into the height of the road and that would have to be lowered. We cannot expect taxpayers to put that money forward when there are ways around it. Yep. Well, knowing how high your truck is or how high your load is is probably the easiest way, isn't it? It's one of those things. I think it's the driver's responsibility to know what they can get under, isn't it, really? Yep. And knowing your route. Hmm. A few times I've had drivers say, oh, I got lost and went this way hmm. instead of the way that I was planning to go. Yep. So it's not just size, but planning through. And if it's a different route that you might usually go or that you plan for, just approach with caution because in many cases, speed is a big impact on what kind of damage you're going to do to your vehicle and to our bridge. Yeah, well, you're never going to win, are you? <laughs> if you're hitting a steel bridge beam with a fiberglass Pantech, it's not going to end well for you, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. And for some of our bridges, they're of light construction, so it doesn't end well for them either. So that's why we have protection beams. Okay, yep. I've seen signs, not necessarily in Queensland, but you know, around Australia, obviously, and we're heard all over Australia and in other places of the world. And I'm sure most places have very, very similar warning devices. It's not something that you can change very much. There are the laser beams across that give you the flashing warning lights, and there are the, if you hit this sign, you will hit the bridge and all that sort of thing. There's a bit of that in Queensland, isn't there? We did trial it for a while on Oxley Road. Yep. I think with the distracting road environment, I don't know whether people pick it up and often maybe that warning isn't giving you enough time once you notice it there. Yep. We find that the protection beams just give another point of impact that then reduces the overall impact. So we don't need to worry about impact on the structure. The accident was going to happen anyway. So it's about coming apart on the beam rather than coming apart on the bridge. Right. What I was more getting to though, Janita, was the early warning systems like the sign that's low enough, if it's just a sheet metal sign with, if you hit this sign, you will hit that bridge. Oh, the chimes. Yeah. We do have those set up on a few approaches. Yep. And yeah, they're a good indicator. I do notice that people hit them and still go through. Do they? Really? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> they're a good system. I see them hit those and then go through slowly. So at least they slow down. Yep. And when I watch the video of it happen, it usually it comes all right, but really don't chance it. You don't want to be wedged under there. That's just embarrassing. I can't believe anyone would hit this sign and then keep going anyway. It's like, oh, no, that can't be right. Let's just try it. Let's find out. That's weird to me. Why would someone do that? <laughs> I don't even want to speculate myself. I don't want to give anyone ideas. Oh. But, yeah, people do do it, and usually we get a register, a strike on the bridge when they've hit the approach beams and still try to go under. All right, so what happens? It's 4 o'clock in the morning and the bloke going to the fruit and veg market's got himself lost and he's following his GPS because he's not familiar with Brisbane or something and he ends up jammed up under a bridge. 
and the first third of his fridge van's jammed under the bridge. What happens then, mate? What's the sequence of events? Let's talk about an incident. Okay. What happens? If the bridge has a SMAS system, so the system that we use to detect strikes, an email sent to the maintenance engineers who are usually on call yep. and to our network control. You're right. They can then review the video and photos and readings that come from the site and make a call on whether a strike has happened or not. Yes. We usually can see what's hit the bridge, you know, whether it was an antenna or whether it was something more solid. And we'll make a call of whether someone needs to be on site. Yes. And then the maintenance engineer will then run out to the site. Yep. And inspect the bridge. And if the police need to be called, we'll call network control and then ask for the police to attend. If there's any maintenance that needs to be done, the trains also stop during this period, by the way. I was going to say that um, surely as soon as you get notification of a strike until you've established that it's safe for the trains to continue using the bridge, Obviously, we put a hard stop on all the rail traffic around the area, don't we? Yeah. The advantage of the system is that we can tell which track is likely to be affected. Yes. So we can try and minimise the impact. But, you know, it's the call of the engineer. We want to make the safest decision and to err on the cautious side is probably the best option. When you design these bridges, say if you're going to go and design a new rail overpass, do you factor in side impact when you do the design? Yeah, we do. The Australian standard has a minimum transverse load that you need to design for. Right. Depending on the height of the bridge, that'll affect the load that you consider. Mm. The bearings is probably the first place I'd be looking at what the bridge is sitting. Yeah. The bearings. What are the bearings? So you've got up here and then you've got the span. Yep. And it's just that connection point that the span sit on the pier. Okay. And that's called the bearing. Yeah. Obviously, we're not going to have a whole bridge construction lecture here today, but if you've got your standard two-track bridge side by side over the top of the road, how much force would it need to move that? So it depends what the structure is made out of. Mm -hmm. So if it's concrete, we could lose some concrete. You could affect the steel that's in it as well along the bottom. Yep. You might see a few bridges in Brisbane where there's a few chips off them. So as an engineer, we'd also be inspecting that side as well. So if you hit something hard enough with a jib off a backhoe or a big piece of engineering, like road maintenance engineering equipment or something like that, something that's fairly robust, shipping containers are pretty strong, Yep. that runs the risk of cracking those concrete beams, doesn't it? Yeah, and giving a chip off them, that's what I typically see. Yep. And then exposing the reinforcement or even breaking some of the reinforcement that's there. And then obviously once the cement's broken and the Rio's exposed, you get a whole corrosive effect. That's obviously going to shorten the life of the bridge, isn't it? Potentially, yes. If we don't get onto it and maintain it, that's something that we'll have to look after as the bridge goes through its life. I've got a whole heap of questions here I wanted to ask you. We'll throw in a quick break Mm -hmm. and we'll hear our old truckies ad that Andy and I created for the Level Crossing campaign. You coming there, Andy? Yeah, Mike, got you go. Mate, we're coming up to that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. Would want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the tracks, mate. <laughs> it's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. 
Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny though when you think about it. Poor old train driver, probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. In the trucking community, we look at things that happen on the road and there's a certain amount of, I don't know, black humour attached to it all. Yeah. Like the question, obviously, is if you hit an overhead obstruction and you get asked why you did that, oh, no, no, mate, I didn't hit it. I was just delivering it here. I ran out of fuel. <laughs> holding the bridge up. That's right. We're holding it up. Yeah. I think it was late last year, there was a Channel 9 story hmm. and they had all the different trucks going under, smashing themselves to bits on the bridges around southeast Queensland and there was uh, some new cars got destroyed. That's a particular favourite. Hmm. But truck drivers look at that and you think, oh, my God. Then you've got to make the phone call to the boss. Yeah. And tell him that you've smashed $200,000 worth of cars. I always go to site thinking, I'm going to speak to someone who's just lost their job. I don't know if that's true. In some cases, it probably would be. It depends on how long they've been with the company and what they've done and what their track record is. But in some cases, it certainly would be. You'd think so anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah. That's what I think. I'm going to site if the truck's still there. Mm. I'm speaking to someone who just lost their job. And I don't see any of these guys like as stupid. Yeah. You, know, you get into rhythms and habits in your life. Yeah. And something's different about the truck that day. Mm. It's a different route. And I'm not going out there to throw stones at anybody. Yeah. And sometimes they hurt themselves too. Yeah. Well, they do come to a pretty sudden stop sometimes. Yeah. So we see the vision of what's happened there and it makes the news and it causes disruption for everyone in the road network, causes disruption for the rail network. I suppose if you think about it, one of these incidents where you've got to do the big recovery underneath, it can cost millions of dollars spread across the community for the half a day it may take to get that truck out from under there. Yeah. So you've seen that sort of stuff. You used to go and attend those accidents, did you? Yeah, I did. I'd be on call for a week every now and then. Yep. I'd get the emails through and I'd see them. Nothing too exciting from my side, but I could see that people would be heard and it'd be like peak hour traffic time. Yeah. So you've got both the road traffic backing up, you've got the rail traffic backing up, you've got a bunch of commuters just wanting to get to work mm. and the impacts are quite big. Obviously, you feel a bit of pressure on yourself to try and get things resolved as quickly as possible. And as an engineer, when you've made the call that something's safe or it's not safe, that would be a bit of pressure, wouldn't it? It certainly is. And I have had a few calls on the way going, when are you going to get there? And mm. what is the reason that you haven't allowed traffic over it? And I'd have to go, well, it's this type of bridge and this type of truck. And I need to make sure before allowing traffic. Mm. It's not an easy call, and I'd rather be on the cautious side given the safety impacts that it could have. We could have a derailed train. I would hope that that would be the call that they'd make every time because you don't want to create a bigger incident by being hasty, do you? No, but it does really come down to the type of bridge and the type of truck, and yeah. the new system has allowed us to make a few calls but generally, with the type of trucks I'm sure that your audience drives, 
they're the sort of trucks that would probably put us on the cautious side. Right. Have you ever been in a situation where you've closed a bridge for an extended period of time as a result of a strike? Not an extended period of time. Probably for an hour or so. Oh, righto. Yeah. You go down there and you have a look and you decide, yep, this is safe for the trains to keep going. And obviously the trains would start up straight away, wouldn't they? Straight away. Yeah. As soon as they can. As soon as they can. I have attended a bridge strike after the event. I was called in from a design capacity at Nambour where the bridge was completely wiped out and we called the train off in time. It was a high ab that had not been put into its position properly before being driven away. It wiped out the bridge completely. And that type of bridge span, we had some extra ones sitting in a yard that we could drop in. Oh, okay. The videos I see, there's been close calls for motorists as well. Mm. So you hit the bridge and then you lose your load onto the cars behind you. Yeah. And there's definitely been a few close calls on that. I remember one time I got an email through and I looked at the first picture. It was just a skip sitting on the road. Yeah, right. And and then I'm okay. Check the next picture. Oh, yep, the truck. Yeah. As you say, there's been containers knocked off trailers. I've seen that more than once in different places. Yeah. Certainly talk about what you see in other states. I mean, all the other states have got the same problem. Queensland, they've got Dinan Street in Melbourne is diabolical on containers because it's down near the container wharf. Yep. Then guys come out and get a little bit of a lead on and it's pretty easy to, to nick that one. Dudley Street used to be another one. Montague Street in Melbourne. That's always been a good one. There's been a passenger bus jammed under that. That's only a 3.8, I think, that one from memory, 3.8, 3.2. That's a favourite. Then the Bayswater Bridge in WA, which is being replaced now, thank God. And I'm sure you've got a fan favourite in Brisbane. What's a fan favourite in Brisbane? Orwood Street in Indrapilly near the Maccas there. Yeah. It's just in that butter zone of height. Yeah. Loves to smash to pieces the Pantex. The little thrifty hire van that you're moving your furniture with. Yes, well, unfortunately, one structures inspector told me he went out to one and it was a single mum moving on her own. Yep. Smashed to pieces. Yep. Didn't even think about it. And that's really sad. And then on top of that, after all that loss, like we spoke about, like potentially may have lost their job, the damage, the harm. Yep. Then, of course, you've got the fine on top of it. $1,102 and four demerit points. Yes. And then Queensland Rail may also pursue motorists for the cost of repairs and damage as well. Uh, Look, that's understandable that that's going to happen. People should be held responsible, I suppose. But I would have thought that the most vehicles that you would see under these bridges are the ones that aren't regular truck drivers. They're not regular delivery truck drivers or they're regular long distance drivers. They're, like you say, the single mum moving on her own that's hired the van trying to save some money doing the removal themselves and unfortunately driven under here 10 times in the car and you don't even think about the height of the bridge. Yep. I think everybody needs to keep it in their minds. Yep. It's habits that get us trapped into unsafe situations and there could be something different about your vehicle. You didn't check the height that time because you've driven it for so long. What could be different? I don't know. Maybe you got it serviced. Maybe the suspension's different. Maybe the load's different. Something might be different, Mm. getting lost, different route, 
typical one I've heard is, but we went through on the way there and on the way back, <laughs> they didn't fit under. So they forgot they took everything out and <laughs> it raised up. Ugh. Yeah, so. And that's just at each maybe, like 25 millimetres, that'll get it for you. Yeah. Oh, no. And so it's very important not to go, oh, I've been doing this for years. It'll never happen to me. Hmm. Just keeping your wits, know your height, yep. know your vehicle, yep. keep an eye out for those signs. There's plenty of signage telling you if there's a low bridge on the road that you're going to. All the bridges have the height signs on them. Yep. Well, we're going to try and wrap this up a little bit, but Janita... There's only so much you can do, really, isn't there, to improve the situation. Obviously, we do the things like we're doing now. We're talking about the issue and we're putting it out there for people to listen and think about. You've got your rail signage. You've got your warning lights and signs. As you said before, there's just a great list of distractions that are out there when you're driving. I know myself, it's hard to keep track of what's going on and you miss that sign sometimes. And then, of course, we've got Google. Google's done a wonderful thing, hasn't it? I was just following the GPS. Have you heard that for an excuse? It would be really great if Google had heights in their system. Yeah. I've heard that truck drivers have a special routing system that can plan their routes and that you can put heights in. (laughs) I wasn't going to do an ad for me old mate Tones. (laughs) But now that you mention it, I sort of feel free to do it. Tony Fulton is a former truck driver. He's given away truck driving now. But he does a thing called TruckWiz. TruckWiz has got all the bridge heights in it. It's great for the oversized, overmass guys. Download it from the App Store guys and tell them I sent you. Apart from tones, there are other route planning tools out there as well to try and warn you about the bridges. Obviously, though, the key thing is to keep an eye out for the bridges and actually know how tall your load is. Run a tape measure over it. Yep, absolutely. So we've done our part. We're working with council. We've got the signs up telling you that it's there. Yep. So keep your wits about you on the road and know your height. Know your height. You know, know your vehicle, I suppose, too. Yeah, that's it. I just got one other question I'm going to need to ask you because I'm going to get caned if I don't ask it. We talk about engineering solutions for problems, and obviously you'd be across pretty much all of those as far as the choices that you have or the limitations that you have. One of the things that I've seen blamed historically for bridge strikes is where the council have come along and they've been fixing the potholes, so to speak, and they go ahead and resurface the road under a bridge and raise the height of the road by inches sometimes and then don't change the signage. Is that a true issue or is that just an urban myth? It can be an issue. There is a bit of fat in the clearance height but don't always count on it because there could be changes. Yep. And we do have council contact us and let us know when they're planning resurfacing work so that we can go out there and check the clearance again. Yep. I think the clearances on those bridges are right. They're correct. Yes. And it does take into account those changes in environments, have confidence in them and don't try and squeeze under them. <laughs> So what you're saying to me, though, is that after the council have done the resurfacing under a bridge, someone from Queensland Rail, like yourself, will go out and and re-measure it and make sure everything is still correct. Yeah, and the people who probably call in and say, oh, this has changed, I went through before and it doesn't fit now, I think if you'd measured their truck, it'd be over the height that was written on the sign. The heights are correct on the bridge. That's it. We're correct, and that's the end of it. (laughs) That's it. Like, I would say that someone who's managed to squeeze in before, if they had measured their truck, it would have told them that, no, you're not the right height. You shouldn't have gone under there. And then something small's changed. 
Right, so here's the key messages. Know your size, know your height. Size does matter. And everyone at Queensland Rail is doing everything that they can to try and make the road network and the rail network safer for everyone that uses the network in Australia. Absolutely. I've been talking with Janita Taylor, Queensland Rail Senior Standard Engineer. Thanks for joining us, Janita, and I hope you have a great weekend. I will do. Thank you for having me. Right on, mate. Thanks. Take care. Bye. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. Our Aussie music artist under the spotlight this week has just released a new album that is truly unique and exciting as it detours into such divergent musical styles as Americana, Motown, Pop and even Mariachi while still maintaining its country music grounding. The album is called Not Your Typical Bride and it stretches the boundaries of the country music genre with world-class musicianship, production and a truly flawless vocal performance. Now, this is not your typical country album, but then again, our guest this week, Cass Hopeton, is anything but typical herself. At one stage of her career, she was a successful musical theatre performer before finding her place in country music. And to say that the world has sat up and taken notice of her unique sound would be a gross understatement. Before we hear her latest single, Chinese Whispers, Cass joined us recently to talk about her career, her music and her new album. So here she is the super-talented Cass Hopeton. G'day, Cass. It's great to have an opportunity to catch up with you. Thanks for joining us on the road. Thanks so much for having me. It's our pleasure. I've been looking forward to this. Now, we already have a connection in a way with you, as your fiancé is none other than our great mate, Blake Dantier. Talk about the ultimate musical power couple. (laughs) (laughs) You and Blake do quite a lot of writing together, I believe. Yeah, we do so much. Like a lot of my songs that have come out have either been written with him or he's written them for me. So I'm pretty lucky in that department. (laughs) For sure. So to your new album, Not Just Your Typical Bride, it's an amazing collection of songs and a fascinating title. There's a story behind this album, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, one of the singles off the album is called Typical Bride. Right. And I think from that song, I was trying to find what was a good title, like what do I think resonates with everything that's on the album. And when I thought about that song, I thought that really says a lot. And then Not Your Typical Bride, when you see that in writing, you think, oh, this thing's a bit edgy. And I just love what you feel when you see that. Yeah, for sure. 
And I assume Blake agrees with that, that not just the typical bro. Oh, yeah, he knows all about it. I think we're not your typical couple, so that works well. That's good. We need more original people. (laughs) Now, your new single, we'll play it in a moment or two, but Cass, I've had this song on repeat all week. It's absolutely brilliant. I love it. Oh, thank you. When you listen to it, you feel like you're at a, and I'm probably not the first one to say this, but you feel like you're at a beach party with Elvis and Annette Funicello and all the surfer dudes doing the twist around the bonfire. Tell us about the song. It was inspired by a true life situation where there was an old friend of ours was spreading some rumors about me and a couple of other people that weren't particularly true. Okay. (laughs) And they didn't make me look very good. Hmm. But even though they weren't true, it still didn't make me feel very nice. And I was talking to Blake about it one day and he said, people are always going to talk and you have to learn to ignore them because you know what's true and what's not. Hmm. And I thought that's so true. Tough love. But (laughs) I think we can make this into a song and Then when I thought of the title, Chinese Whispers, we put it together. We wrote it, I think, in one night. We put the song together. And it's definitely got that, I think it's been called like surf rock is the vibe. Yeah. Which is, yeah, surf rock country. (laughs) Yeah, it's a wonderful sound. I don't know how to describe it, but it's fresh and it's, I was going to say it's new. I suppose it's not to that extent that if you go back to the sort of 60s, there was a lot of that sound around. Yeah. But it brings that back in a really fresh new way. I just love it. Anyway, I won't keep raving on about it. (laughs) You've certainly got a packed touring schedule for this month, including Tamworth. Should you survive all that, what's the plans for the rest of the year? Oh, yeah. After April, I think things settle down a little bit. But Mm. yeah, a lot of touring around, a lot of festivals, and then a few more festivals throughout the year, like scattered around and hopefully a lot more touring because we haven't done enough of that in the last few years. (laughs) Right. And does Blake tour with you as well? I know he said he's done a bit of guitar work for you. Yeah. So he'll be in my band and he plays guitar whenever I'm singing just solo. So I guess technically duo at all the slots I do. So he's always there. Good man to have on side, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, very lucky. Now, Cass, where can our listeners go to find out more about you and keep up to date with your appearances and music releases, you know, like your website, socials, all that? Yep, if you head to casshopeden.com.au, you can find out all about upcoming tour dates and music and just follow me on the socials at Cass Hopeden. Wonderful. Well, folks, I'm not afraid to say that I have become a huge fan of our featured music artist this week, the wonderful Cass Hopeden. Cass, thank you so much for coming out to play on the road with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. To wrap up our chat, would you please introduce your new single for us? Of course. I'm Cass Hopeton, and this is my brand new single, Chinese Whispers. Thanks, Cass. Say good day to Blake for us. I will do.
Dandia here, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. G'day guys, it's Tone from Tone's Trucking Stories here and TruckWiz. And you can now listen to the On The Road podcast on the Australian Big Rig Road Show via the TruckWiz app. Download it from the App Store right now. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. News time, Mike. How are things in your world, mate? A bit damp down here in Sydney at the moment, mate. A little bit quiet. I'm at home. I've had a couple of days off because I've been a little bit under the weather. Yeah. And went and got tortured by a physiotherapist earlier. Yep. Did he straighten you out? I'll tell you what, I was ready to have a robust conversation with him by the time (laughs) he was finished, let me tell you. (laughs) Give him his own enforceable undertaking, you reckon? Bloody ace. I'll tell you what, it wasn't a lot of fun. I don't like him, you know. Yeah. Anyway, mate, what have you got for us? You behaving yourself, are you? Well, mate, trying to. Things are on the up and up. Brian and I are continuing to work on our program of relationship growth and strengthening. As you should. Yeah. So far, it's been working quite well. It's certainly been worth the effort we've both been making. All right. This week, we've been working on forgiveness. (laughs) (laughs) She's forgiven me for not being George Clooney, and I've forgiven her for not being Meg Ryan. Yeah, no, fair call, fair call, fair call. Mind you, looking at you, mate, knowing you as I do, there would be a fair bit to forgive you for. Oh, yeah. I think probably too much. But anyway, we're definitely moving forward. Righto. Yeah. Mate, supported by the local council, a BP service centre in Victoria has implemented a new parking system to help ensure that truckies have somewhere they can park and rest for the night. 
They sure have, mate. The BP at Epping have decided to work with the Whittlesea City Council. Anyone that goes down to Melbourne or anyone that goes to Sydney out to Eastern Creek or any of these other big BP service stations, Lara Pinter in Brisbane, they do preside over some fairly large blocks of land mm. and a lot of guys park there and the facilities at the places are you know, usually pretty good. There could be some improvements some places, I'm sure, but place to park, place to get a feed, place to have a shower and that's all you want. Mm. Well, what's happened with these big roadhouses, particularly in the metro areas, is they've become de facto depots for a lot of local carriers and people just leaving their bloody trucks there. Mm. Makes it hard for the long-distance guys to get somewhere to park because we've got the parking restrictions on the street. Yep. So the BP at Epping have decided to take some steps and see if they can't sort that problem out, mate. It's not before time, in my opinion. Mm. So April 11, they came into force for these new parking rules. You're only allowed to park in there for two hours now. Unless you're a long-distance driver and you go and basically tell the operator inside who you are, where you are, etc., hmm. and they'll leave you alone. My only issue with this is that some guys could get caught up if they didn't know about the changes, getting a parking ticket when they really don't deserve one. There are signs in some of the roadhouses saying, Victorian registration plate trucks can't drop their trailers there, for example. These sort of things have been tried before. Mm -hmm. Interesting to see how it goes. It's nice to see someone trying to deal with it finally. Let's see what happens. They're going to do this for eight weeks and have a look and see what happens, apply the learning across the country if they can. Yep. And I applaud BP for trying to find somewhere for guys to have a safe sleep. Definitely a step in the right direction. It is. The Victorian Transport Association has called for the vaccination mandate for transport workers to be lifted after the State Health Minister Martin Foley announced further relaxation of COVID restrictions in Victoria earlier this week. Well, he says in there that the sooner vaccination mandates in Victoria are removed, the sooner drivers can get back to doing what they love and operators can re-employ workers they desperately need. Is that code for saying we've cocked it up and a lot of blokes have walked away because we didn't want to have your vaccination and we really need these guys, so we probably better change our course. Do you reckon that's what that's code for? That's possible, yeah. Seems to me that way. Hmm. This strikes me as absolutely insane that we've had these whole mandate things in the first place. Now, I know we don't want to get too political because we can't change that. Yep. But if we look at what's going on just in Western Australia at the moment, you don't have to be triple jabbed to go in there now, and then they're going to be open for the first time. You're not going to have to have a G2G pass for the first time in two years. Yeah. But the government are going to maintain all the VAX mandates for industry. Where does it end? Yeah. We've had our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, saying the government doesn't support VAX mandates, but yet we're still seeing this sort of stuff right across the country. Mm. I'm well on the record of saying how I feel about it. It does my head in. It's cost this country dearly. We've lost a lot of good drivers. I know five personally who have left the industry as a direct result of it. I think the VTA are onto something. We really should be returning to normal, not this new normal that they keep talking about. Yeah. On to a subject that I know you don't really get that upset about. Right. But we'll try it out anyway. And that's Sydney's toll road system, <laughs> which has been labelled as complex and inconsistent. It's to be the subject of a major review, which will look at pricing inconsistencies, cost of living impacts, fairness and equality for road users and congestion impacts. 
Mate, I could actually blow a valve over this, you know. I was going to say, you wouldn't have much to say on this one. (laughs) (laughs) I could blow a valve over it. Mm. They've discovered that toll roads cost people a lot of money Mm. after all this time. Isn't that amazing? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And, of course, now we're rolling around to an election and the politicians, I saw one on telly last night saying, oh, you know, we've got more toll roads than anywhere else in Australia and people can't afford it. And it's $6,000 a year for some people for their tolls. There are trucking companies spending that a week on tolls. Mm. 17 of the 20 top toll-paying suburbs in Sydney's west, 6000 a year. It's simply too high a cost for people to afford. Well, who knew? Yeah. I struggle with the whole toll road thing. I mean, we pay an absolute diabolical amount of money in taxes and registration fees and all this stuff's supposed to be directed to roads, but no gets redirected to consolidated revenue, Mm. where our various state and federal governments just piss all this money up the wall on whatever vanity projects they've got going at the time. They have, in my opinion, abrogated their responsibility to the motorists of this state and this country. Why should people have to pay a toll to use a road that we've been taxed to pay for in the first place? Yeah. Really, really does get my goat, mate. Does crumb my cookies. Does grind my gears. Mm. Let's move on before I do blow a valve, eh? (laughs) Indeed. In what could be seen as either a a news story or an ad for Volvo, (laughs) follow Mont Transport, one of Queensland's largest family-owned and operated businesses, with a fleet of over 1,000 vehicles, has unveiled two milestone trucks, their 200th UD and their 300th Volvo. Right, a round of applause for Follomont. Quickly, just there we go. Well done. I'm so pleased that you've made enough money to buy a load of trucks, <laughs> and I'm sure Volvo are very, very happy about it. Look, all things being equal, I am happy to see business partnerships where they get on and everyone gets what they need out of it. Volvo build a good truck, and Follomont, in general, in my opinion, are a pretty good business. <clears throat> It just amuses me to find this on the Big Rigs webpage as a news story. It's really just a bloody ad for Volvo. I struggle to get excited about it. Well, in this day and age, they made it. It's nice to see a little bit of loyalty too, you know? Well, I suppose it is. Hmm. But, I mean, let's face it. Follomont are probably paying a bit less for a Volvo than you or I'd have to pay for one. Hmm. Or is that just too cynical? Well, if you bought two or three hundred of them, I suppose you got the right to earn a little discount. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, they had their little love fest, so good on them. Yeah, nice. Well done, Follomont. Indeed. Auto care drivers in Queensland and Victoria have parked up their rigs and walked off the job this week following attempts to slash their pay to $1.65 per kilometre. Isn't this just absolutely wonderful? Mm-hmm. We've got the situation now where auto care drivers in Queensland and Victoria are being asked to take a lower rate The price of diesel has gone through the roof. The government has rooted around with the rebates and all the rest of it to the point where trucking is getting no advantage at all. Mm. And these bastards want to just cut the rates some more. Does that tell you anything about the motivations of these people? Yeah, quite a bit. And the union are there saying, well, you know, we could have had the RSRT and safe rates and all that. And I find myself having to agree with the bloody union again. Yeah. This sort of should not be allowed. It really shouldn't be. The union is saying to the companies like Toyota, Mitsubishi, Haviland, Great Wall to stop using auto care until it properly pays drivers in this vital link in the supply chain. Mm. They're going to say, no, why should we? We're getting our stuff moved at a great price. That's in our best interest. Why should we intervene? You go and have your argument, sort it out amongst yourselves. Business as usual. And that's the way it happens in this industry. 
I've spoken again and again and again. I've written about it again and again and again. I put it in the Senate submission that I put in the Glenn Stirls inquiry. There are different motivations of the different groups in transport. They've all got their own best interests at heart. They do whatever they need to do to pursue their own best interests. And they don't care who they kick in the head on the way to get there. Mm. It's as simple as that. And until people come to realize that that is a fact, that is a truth, we won't get anywhere. And this is one of the reasons why I have come to like the idea of a tribunal which sets some sort of standards. Now, I have had long discussions with people about rates being set at minimum levels. And everyone says, oh, if you set a rate at the minimum level, that becomes the rate. That's all right if the rate actually pays you. Yeah. A dollar sixty-five a kilometre is not enough to pay fuel, pay drivers, pay the operating costs, and run a safe truck. No way, no how, not ever. It was not even enough when I was running one, and that's more than ten years ago. Mm. So things have to change. People have to come to grips with the fact that it costs a certain amount of money. No one, no one argues the point with BP when they say you're paying a dollar sixty-five or two dollars a litre. They just can pay it. Yep. They've got no choice. Mm. No one argues with a mechanic when he says, oh, I'm 80 bucks an hour, I'm 100 bucks an hour. They just have to pay. They don't have a choice. Yep. Why do trucking companies have to take it up the ass time and time again to suit the whims of others? Does my head in, mate. Mm, perhaps a pertinent name change to auto don't care. What do you reckon? <laughs> well, that's, that's right. Mm. The sad fact of it is, we look at the situation now, how would the drivers at Lynn Fox feel? Mm. They've just watched Lindsay Fox donate $100 million to the bloody gallery after the fight that they've had with Lynn Fox over paying conditions. Mm. Then Lindsay goes and basically gives them all the middle finger by donating $100 million. Mm. Tell me it's right. Can't do that. Am I turning into a lefty? <laughs> you know? Anything's possible, mate. In no world is this fair. Yeah. I appreciate that it's his money and all the rest of it, and I appreciate that these guys are in business to make money. Everyone's in business to make money. But at the same time, you've got guys out there that have got money invested in trucks. They've got their mortgages to pay. They're working their ass off. They're the ones that are out there doing it, and these companies want them to do it for cents on the dollar. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It is. Malcolm Turnbull pulled the greatest trick in the world when he abolished the RSRT. He really did. Mm. He got a double dissolution out of it. He basically shotgunned the whole thing. Now, I argued in favour of that at the time, and I was quite happy to see the back of it. But having lived several years down the track, and now we're reaping the consequences of what was done, the only people that have actually got any advantage out of it are the people with their hands in the owner drivers and the driver's pockets all the time. Yep. It's got to stop, and as hard as it may seem, we really, really do need to have some sort of a body, whether it's an RSRT. It was only the order that was bad, in my opinion, mm. and I challenge anyone. If anyone out there's got a contrary opinion, if anyone wants to tell me I'm wrong, if anyone wants to come and share some facts that say, Mick, this is what's going to happen, please feel free. I'd love it. My phone number's out there, 0418722488. Ring me. Come on the show. Have a talk about it. That's what this is all about. Only if they've got a better suggestion to offer as well. Yeah, no, I don't want to be called names or anything like that. Mm. But if someone has got something sensible to say, I'd love to hear it. Because at the moment, I'm convinced the path we're on is not right. Yeah, so I've got to stop calling you names now, ever. Oh, you can... No, you do that in private, <laughs> mate. That's what you think. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. All right, thought for the week. Yep. There are two kinds of people in this world. Right. Those who finish what they start and... You there? 
<laughs> right over your head, that one. You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, how stupid do I feel now? <laughs> Never mind, mate. Oh. Take a back and lie down. You'll be right. I thought, what's happened to the sound? <laughs> You're going to play that now. Yeah. You're going to edit that in. You'll shorten the sound break down a little bit and you'll make me look like a fool. Well done. Oh, I might extend it even a bit longer. <laughs> Put some cricket noises in there as well. <laughs> Unbelievable, buddy. All right, mate. Look, you take care of yourself. I'm sure you're looking forward to getting back on the road. Back in the saddle tomorrow, mate. I'll go out and do a couple of days and have the weekend off and we'll see how we do, mate. Good on you. Take it easy. You're not getting any younger, you know. No, I'll be right, mate. <laughs> All right. Take care. Cheers. On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, Please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. This is Adam Gibson from NTI and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy. Hey everyone, something to talk about, something to think about. Been having a bit of a look around. I've come across these photos of the new Kenworth K220 cab over Prime Mover. Well, on the outside, the thing doesn't look too much different to what they've always looked. Obviously, if the roof line stays the same as what we're seeing here in the pictures, there'll be a little bit of a subtle change to the bunk roof line sort of aerodynamics. But overall, the cab looks pretty much the same as the K200 we've got used to. The grill area is a little bit bigger and obviously the grill's a slightly different shape. But bumpers, wheels, steps, fuel tank, pretty much all what we've got used to, the usual Kenworth mirrors and things and the headlights that we've got used to. The thing really does look just like a K200 with a bit of a different grill on it. Maybe I'm being a bit simple and missing something, I don't know. Obviously the grill's the obvious change and the bit of the roof line. Moving inside the cab though, things are pretty different in there. Gone are all the bezeled instruments that we're used to. You're looking around, there's uh, electronic displays and the odd rocker switches and things. The 610-410 style steering wheel, which we've seen come about lately, that's in there. This one looks like it's got an Eaton manual transmission in it, so there'll be a lot of guys that'll be happy to know that they can still get a manual in it. But the XD AMT Eaton transmission are probably out there. Looks like we're going to be able to get the X15 Cummins engines in there as well. So that's what we've come to know and love, basically. All this uh, technology with the AdBlue and X that have caused us so much grief over the last several months. Looks like that won't be changing too much. But the Kenworth camp themselves, well, the crew there aren't saying too much. I've tried to find out a little bit of information. They're unwilling to share any of the details, which is not surprising. They're going to have a big unveiling in June, I believe, up in Brisbane. So that'll be something to look out for. But it looks like Kenworth have basically just given us more of the same, I suppose. Changed a few little things in the aesthetics department, which is what they do. Keep their cab shape basically the same and move on. I suppose as long as they've kept the finish good, that'll be what people will be most interested in. 
Obviously, that big cab, Kenworth, has got more room in it than any other cab over in the country. And probably for that reason, is beloved by some drivers. I remember when I drove a K200 big cab, I was pretty comfortable in the cab with the missus when we were running across to Perth. A lot more room in there than your Volvos and your Mercedes. Certainly better for that application. But yeah, we're looking forward to seeing the thing when she comes out. And if anyone out there happens to snap a happy snap of it, I'd love it if you'd SMS me so I can see that. Obviously, we'll be looking out for the unveiling when it comes about. bit disappointed I am to see the bezeled instruments gone. I'd like to think that maybe Kenworth would still build your traditional dash if you wanted one. They do have a reputation for building things that people want, I know. While all this in-screen, TV screen style displays, it's nice and it's futuristic and everything. There are still a few of us old guys out there that like things the way they were, I know that. Anyway, there you go, something to think about, something to talk about. We'll catch you out there on the road. Keep it safe. See you next time. At this week's long-awaited Toyota 50th Anniversary Golden Guitar Awards in Tamworth, the night featured a star-studded tribute to Aussie country music great Lee Kernighan by artists he has inspired and nurtured throughout his career. The performance featured the Wolf Brothers, Catherine Britt, Christy Lamb and James Johnston. As our tribute to the man taking us out of the show this week, here's Lee Kernighan with The Trucks Came Through. Dams it all run dry, empty clouds across the sky, and the breeding stock had left the paddocks bare. There was dust across the land, we were feeding stock by hand, just holding on and nothing left to spare. And the trucks came through, one and two. Then an army close behind Getting hope across the line The big wheels rolled Bales of gold An answer to a prayer to see them there The trucks came through Big and little towns From the north and from the south Loaded up and given what they can They spent days out on the road Just hauling in the load From mates we never knew we had Yeah, the trucks came through One and two then an army close behind Getting hope across the line The big wheels rolled Bales of gold An answer to a prayer to see them there The trucks came through The trucks came through. Well, that's the show for another week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. 
On the Road is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to preventing rail bridge collisions by encouraging drivers to know the height of their vehicle and load and to plan their journey ahead. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au and NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... Wasn't too painful. Andy says... I'm stupid. And our guest says... Everyone says that I've just got the knack. Until then, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. And when these days are done and the rivers run, we won't forget the trucks came through. One, then two, and then an army close behind, getting hope across the line. The big wheels rolled, bales of gold, an answer to a prayer to see them there. Well, the trucks came through. Trucks came through.